to start the weekend with Paul ending up in Rome. Welcome to the Daily Walk. I'm your host, Wayne Clevenger, and today we're in Acts 27, 28. We're going to end Acts today. And Luke's account, remember Luke is writing this, and he talks of Paul's final days of, oh, I don't know, exile maybe. It's not really exile, but remember he appealed to Caesar, so he's on the way to Rome. Remember God told him he would speak to Rome, don't fear, you won't be harmed. And so in the process, the Lord really challenges that. You know, right when we think we trust the Lord and we're good in our trust, the Lord really challenges that trust and sees if we really trust him. So Paul's going to be put to the test to see how well his trust is. But the Lord gives him really encouraging words along the way. Remember, the Holy Spirit is the Lord, and the Holy Spirit speaks to him. So everything is good. So when the time came, they set sail for Italy. That's how we open up in Acts 27. And several several other prisoners were on the board as well. And they were under the custody of a Roman officer named Julius, who was captain of the Imperial Regiment. Um, there was Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica. Remember, he'd put, he was in Thessalonica when he was doing his mission trips he was with them as well and they left on a ship whose home port was Adramidium on the northwest coast of the province of Asia so they're setting sail to Rome which you know is in Europe right so they set sail and they keep going they're sailing they sail across a bunch of different places and it's getting a little windy. So they get to a place in Myra in a province there in Lycia and they change boats. They found a boat. Uh, it's an Egyptian ship called the Alexandria. And so they switched to that and he put them all on that. So they went several days of slow sailing in it and They were nearing Nidus, but a wind started coming. So they sailed for Crete. And they were going to shelter along the coast to try and avoid the wind. And the weather started becoming dangerous because it was late in the fall. So, you know, like here even, when it, it's the fall. It seems like the Lord just has the wind pick up so all the leaves will fall off the trees, you know, and blow away. And there in the fall, the wind picks up 
And Paul tells the ship's officers, he says, hey, men, I believe there is trouble ahead. So like the Holy Spirit is telling Paul, I believe there is trouble ahead, Paul's telling the officers, if we go on, shipwreck, loss of cargo, and danger to our lives as well as possible. But here's what happens. The ship's officers, they listened more to the ship's captains and owners than to Paul. So they're hearing Paul, but they're not hearing Paul. You know what I mean? They're hearing him, but they're not really processing him. They're not listening to him because who is Paul? He's a prisoner. And even though he's filled with the Holy Spirit, who is the creator of the seas, they really only listen to the captains and the owners of the ships because they're the ones in charge. And so they keep going. And they really were trying to get to Phoenix, which was a good harbor for them to hunker down in if they needed to. So a light wind starts blowing, and the light wind changes to a typhoon wind. That, you know, and that's where we get the word northeastern, a nor'eastern, so to speak. And that starts blowing and it blows them out to sea and everything starts getting really rough for them. So they kind of let everything go the way it was supposed. I mean, they just let it go and went with the sea because they couldn't control it. So then gale force winds are coming and it's battering the ship. So the sea starts or the crew starts throwing cargo overboard. And then, what happens is a terrible storm starts raging against them. So everything Paul said, because he gets word from the creator of the seas, right? Everything starts happening. And now the sun, you can't see the sun because it's a real full-blown storm. And there's no stars at night, so they don't have anything, you know, cause to use their little compass things with. And so the guys aren't eating. So Paul says, hey, you guys haven't eaten for a long time. And we could have avoided this danger and loss if you'd have just kind of listened to me. But take courage. Because the Holy Spirit's speaking through Paul again. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. And he said... So this is what the Holy Spirit is speaking to Paul, and he's sharing it with him. Don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So Paul says, take courage, for I believe God, and it will be just as he said. But we're going to be shipwrecked on an island. So Paul's telling the crew of the ship this, you know, in the midst of this storm. So how many times have we been in the midst of a storm and we've heard somebody give us encouraging words that Jesus is going to take care of us if we just endure it, you know, and that's kind of what my message is about tomorrow.
if you want to tune in to Homestead Church or Compassion Church streams, because I'm going to speak a little about that tomorrow. Not from this, but some somewhere else in Acts. And it, it's true. You know, a lot of times, and, and here's the thing. I'll tell you this story real quick. Some people may have heard this. You know, when my wife, I was a flight medic for a long time, and I was really waffling with going full-time in the ministry because we were barely making it on two salaries but my wife was really encouraging me no you need to go full-time in the ministry because the church needs you like that and you we got to trust god right i trust in god my savior one and so we are at a and i'm getting blessed telling it we're at a casting crowns free concert in the park free so that should tell you something <laughs> and they start singing the voice of truth. And, you know, and it, one of the lyrics in that is, step out of this boat I'm in to the realm of the unknown where Jesus is. And it's like, oh, what I would do to stand before a giant, to step out, of this boat I'm in into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is. And I'm taking, you know, lyrics from different parts of the song. But all that hit me. And it hit me hard. And I started weeping like this. And the music, we're right up front, man. So the music's like really loud. And my wife sees the tears coming down my eyes. And a couple of our kids were really young, so we had that dual stroller out. And and she grabs my hand, and she looks up, and she goes, what's wrong? And I said, it's okay. And she goes, well, what's wrong? And I said, I'm just blessed. I'll tell you in a minute, because the music's, like, really loud, right? And so um, when the music was finished and they're in between songs, I said, I get it now. I'll quit my job. And she goes, it's about time. I'll never forget that. That was so huge because she trusted more than me. So long story, right? Years, A couple years later, we're living on one salary. We're living on her salary alone. And she's a 911 supervisor. And so... The Lord has shown us, man, you guys can do this. This is how it works, you know, and and see how I told you I would take care of you, right? Just like he told Paul, you're going to get there. I'm going to take care of you. So he's going to preach the gospel in Rome. You're going to stand trial in Rome. So he's going to get there, right? Well, I'm still in college, and I'm we're out of ink for the printer. We have no bread for the kids. We have no milk for the kids, and they're at the age where milk is really important, right? So I'm getting ready to go somewhere to, to get something. I don't remember what because we sure didn't have uh, money. But the mailman, who we knew real well, walks across the driveway, and I never get the mail, right? Because it's like I'll just leave it to the last minute because I'm always thinking it's going to be bills anyway, right? You you guys, some people know that feeling. But for whatever reason, 
that day I get out and I get the mail because I'm like, well, I'll get it. So I go out and I get it. Kids are strapped in. The car's running. It's warm. They're in their car seat and the air conditioning's running. And I get the mail and then there's this little square card addressed to me. I don't recognize the writing. It's got a return thing on it that I have no clue who these people are. <laughs> and I open it. And in there is a little card that says, hey, we want to support your ministry. Your parents have told us what you do, and we love what you're doing. Because my wife and I were had planted a new start, new, new plant church. And that's why I needed to be full-time in the ministry, because it takes a lot of time to plant a new church. And so in that card was a check for $100. I have no idea who it was, but it was a check for $100. So what that meant was we can buy bread and milk now, and I could get ink. That was before ink was like $70 a cartridge. <laughs> so I just immediately said, it's the Lord, and I got super excited, and I started yelling, and I run back in the house, and I, my wife was working nights at the time, and I started yelling, honey, 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 honey. And she's sits bolt upright in the bed, and she's like, what happened, what happened? And I said, we can buy milk. And she's like, what are you talking about? And so I said, somehow, someway, somewhere, this, these people sent us this money because they support our ministry, and we don't have a clue who it is, but now we can buy milk. And she's like, praise the Lord, now can I go back to sleep? <laughs> so it was so cool because here's the mo here's the thing. Just when we think we trust God, like we thought, yes, we're going to trust God, things get difficult. Like in Paul's situation, he trusts God, and now the ship is going to be shipwrecked. God shows him there's more room to trust. And that's what happened to us. Just when we thought we trusted God and we got to the to the most bare minimums of all things, God showed us, hey, keep trusting me. I'm going to take care of you. And out of nowhere, this little blessing comes so we could get milk. And God showed us, I will never fail leave you nor forsake you I will not fail you because I've told you this is what I want you to do and so we got to remember that when God calls us to do something when God wants us to do something when God says hey go pray with that person over there you're going to be able to do it because he wants you to do it when he says hey I want you to witness to that person over there He's going to let you do it. And if you got to go through a crowd to get to it, he's going to make sure you get through the crowd to get to it. If you're concerned that they're going to say no, if God said do it, they're not going to say no. <laughs> and it's going to work out. And so Paul says God's going to do this, and not only is he going to spare me, but he's going to give safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage. Take courage, for I believe God, and it will be just as he said. So guess what? They go on, and they they cut the anchors loose because they were anchored out because they were worried about going ashore. They see an island, so they start heading toward the island, 
And when they go, they're starting to go quick, and then they start noticing that the the water's getting shallower and shallower, and then they run aground sooner than they want to, and the sea starts bashing into the back of the boat, and when it's bashing into the back of the boat, you know, it's like breaking the boat apart. And so when the boat's breaking apart, some of the crew wants to shoot all the uh, shoot all of the uh, the prisoners. But remember, Paul said everyone will be safe. So they told him not to do that, and instead told him to jump board and head towards this to the island. And so the ones that could swim swam to the island, and the others grabbed onto planks of wood and and were floated or towed to the island. And so everyone, everyone, crew and prisoners alike, escaped to the shore safely. Isn't that, isn't that just something? The Lord took care of them. So once they got there, they found out they were on the island of Malta. And when they got there, the people were super kind to them. It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire, which uh, on the shore to, to you know to keep warm. Which really makes me, you know, if it's cold and rainy, how did you build a fire? To me, that says that God was in it still, because how do you build a fire in the rain? But that just tells me the Holy Spirit is there, right? Because here's what's happening. Paul gathers this armful of sticks, and when he's laying them, he gets bit by a poisonous snake. So everybody's for sure he's going to die because they, they label him, oh, he must be a murderer or something. But Paul shakes the snake off, and he's totally unharmed and keeps going about his business. So when they see that, they think, oh, he must be a god. Well, Obviously, he's not a god, so he lands there. He gets a chance to meet Publius, who is the chief officer, chief officer of the island, and they all are nice to him. So Publius's father's sick with fever and dysentery, so Paul says, hey, is it okay if I pray for him? I mean, just think of that. You know, I tell a story about one of my guys from Moe's who's a sister was having a baby and she was not well so i i tell this to my classes a lot of times so i asked the guy who's making my burrito in the mose line can i just pray for your sister right now and we're in the line and i said you don't have to close your eyes i'll pray for her right now and i prayed for her because she was having delivery problems as she was delivering her baby and he said that would be great so i prayed for her right there in the line, and the next time I went through, I said, how's your sister? And he said, man, I'm thanking you for praying for her because everything went okay. She's good, the baby's good, and everybody's good. Thank you so much for praying for her. So Paul is there, and he says, hey, I'm going to pray for your father. So he lays hands on his father, and he, his father is healed. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? We take time to pray with people, and good things happen. My son yesterday was getting my son that's in a fifth-year senior at U of I was getting school placement, and a lot of things could have happened with that. He could have been sent far away. And right now, that's not a good thing for him. And so we prayed over that. And I said, I'm praying over that right now with you, son. So I prayed over that. 
and he got one of the greatest school placements ever. It's in a school that he knows. It's with people that he knows, and it's with people in the school that he knows. And I said, that's the Lord, man. When we prayed, things good, good things happen. My other son, his significant other was having surgery, and he reached out to me and said, pray for her, Dad, and I started praying over her. So she's, you know, recovering, and everything went well with that. We pray things happen. And Paul reveals that. So everything went well there on the island of Malta. The next day, you know, when things things cool down, they uh, get a new ship, and uh, it's another Alexandrian ship. And it's got what's really weird about this whole thing is it's got for a uh, on the head of the ship, it's got like a figurine of twin gods on it. And I'm just thinking, Paul got on that. But, I mean, what are you going to do, right? Because his God is greater, right? Because he's not intimidated by that. And they get there, and they get in that ship, and then they go take that ship. And, you know, the winds were perfect then. And they finally get to Rome. And when they get to Rome, the brothers and sisters in Rome come, and they greet him. And uh, they come and they say, hey, we want to we wanna hear about what you're bringing. We want to hear about your experience because all we've heard is negative stuff. So we want to hear it first from you. And what's interesting is, you know, Paul had appealed to Caesar, right? But when he arrived at Rome, Paul was permitted to have his own private lodging. It was just guarded with a soldier so caesar already knew that what they were charging him with was bunk so he just let him have his own place and it was guarded and so paul was allowed to preach and he tells the gospel message there to uh all the jews and you know some of them some of them accepted jesus and there was still some that didn't and so what really happened was he got to see firsthand that no matter what happens, there will always be those that accept and those that don't. And that's what he's trying to get us to see is you, what we got to do and see when we witness to people is there will always be people that will accept. And I, I see that in my own family, you know, because I have sons that say, I'm just not ready for that right now, Dad. And, you know, as, as hurtful as that is, and I don't mean like hurtful like, oh, you hurt me. I mean, we want our family to be followers of Jesus because we want to see them in heaven. But there's some that just don't get it and so the prophet isaiah the holy spirit says look man isaiah prophesied this so know that even though when you go and say to the people when you hear what i say you will not understand when you see what i do you will not comprehend and so my people you know my kids have seen the lord do amazing things through us with us and for us and they, and they don't get it you know, when my wife was healed, they didn't get it. How can that be? How can how can she go 13 years like that, and then all of a sudden she doesn't need anything, you know? 
And then when some stuff happened again, they're like, so why did that happen again? And so they see people get totally healed and transformed, and they're like, so how does that happen? And the only explanation we have is it's the Lord. And so their eyes see but don't see. Their ears hear but they don't hear. And so they want to know but they don't know and they won't turn to him. So Paul's telling us no matter what we do, there's going to be people that want to have Jesus in their heart and take it and receive it. And then there will be those that won't receive it. And then there will be those that straddle the fence. I want a little, but I can't give him my all. And so for those, we just got to keep praying and witnessing to them and show them what a fully devoted, spirit-filled life is and how when God has all of us, we can endure, trust, and know that he will get us to our final resting place rejoicing with him in heaven because we close out acts today with for the next two years paul lived in rome at his own expense because he had his own place remember and he welcomed all who visited him boldly proclaiming the kingdom of god and teaching about the lord jesus and no one tried to stop him see caesar knew and even though he didn't maybe have Jesus in his life, Jesus was prompting him to know that it's okay to let Paul do what Paul's doing. So, remember, trust Jesus and know that he's going to take care of you. And if you're still thinking about it, there's no better life. Yeah, we'll have trials, we'll have tribulations, and he'll test our Trust in him, but man, when we show we trust him, he will bless us beyond belief, and we will know for certain it's the Lord. Our next book is Paul's writing from Rome to the Romans, and he's going to bless us with a lot of promises that he gives us as he's there. We'll get to see more about what he writes and what he's preaching in Rome in the book of Romans as we start that tomorrow. Have a great Saturday. We look forward to meeting with you. We'll see you then. Oh, I trust in God, my Savior.